listening to Speak Out Loud, stories of strength from the Southern Downs, a community project sharing stories of strength and resilience, as well as information about mental health and wellbeing that supports our communities impacted by the 2019 and 2020 bushfires. Tune in for conversations with local residents and health and community workers who generously share tips, strategies and resources to support your recovery journey. In the spirit of reconciliation, we wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. I'm your host, Catherine Walton a mental health social worker based on the Southern Downs in Southern Queensland. I'm so pleased to bring this podcast to you, which has been supported through funding from the Darling Downs and Westmorton PHN. Today, we're talking about youth mental health with Travis Maguire from Headspace. Trav is the manager at Headspace Warwick, which outreaches to Stanthorpe as well. Headspace is the National Youth Mental Health Foundation, providing early intervention mental health services to 12 to 25-year-olds. Headspace can help young people with mental health, physical health, including sexual health, alcohol and other drug services, and work and study support. Headspace centres, such as the one in Warwick, act as a one-stop shop for young people. In this conversation, Trav explains the work that Headspace has been doing in the Southern Downs region, how young people have been impacted by recent disasters and events, ways that young people can nurture their mental health during and immediately after a crisis or a disaster, including the seven tips for a healthy headspace. Issues that might show up for young people in the months and the years after a disaster or a crisis. Whether stress shows up the same or differently for young people compared to other age groups. What young people can do to build up their inner strength and resilience so that they can better manage the unexpected difficulties in life and protect their mental health into the future. Advice to support a young person with feelings of overwhelm. Practical strategies to optimise mental health and manage stress. Mental health warning signs to look out for where to go for more information or support, and how to access Headspace's free services. Trav also leaves us with his top three takeaways or tips to look after your mental health. Hello, Trav. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. How are you going? Um, really well, thank you. It's a lovely day down here at Queen's Park in Warwick next to the Skate Bowl and we've had a bit of rain this year so everything's looking green and there's plenty of water in the river and we've got quite a bright blue sky today. So and some I'm, nice warm sun too, which is fantastic. It is, yeah. really enjoying it down here today. 
Now, Trav, Headspace supports young people right around Australia. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the work that Headspace does in the Southern Downs region? Yeah, so uh, for those that, that don't know, I suppose, so Headspace is a, a youth mental health service. We work with young people 12 to 25. Um, we've been in the Southern Downs since 2008. I actually had to go back before this meeting today and look at that because it's such a long time. Um, and over, over that time, I suppose, we've done lots of different services. Um, we do an outreach service down to Stanthorpe weekly. Um, that's grown a little bit over the years. We do counselling services in Warwick. Um, we have a, a youth engagement worker who can do sort of one-on-work -on -work with young people outside of the building. Uh, and we, in the last few years, I suppose, have really ramped up our community engagement work as well. So that's all about, you know, going into schools, uh, connecting with young people, trying to do more in the community and connect with parents as well. So we'll work from everything from year six students making the transition into high school. I've done talks with the Rotary talking to grandparents who have got concerns about their grandchildren. So we try to cover all aspects that we can. The bushfires that the Southern Downs region experienced during 2019 and early 2020, so just over a year ago we had the last active bushfire in the region, these fires have impacted many people in many different ways, either directly or indirectly, and those fires had come on the background of several years of drought. And more recently, there's been a little bit of flooding across yep. the region as well, which is why we've got such lovely green grass here and, and plenty of water flowing through the river or flowing down the river. We've also had COVID. Yep. So there have been a number of layers of stresses. How have young people in particular been impacted by these natural disasters? Look, it's, it's really hard to tell. I mean... Um when you run the list off like that, yeah, there, there's been a, a lot of things happen over the last few years, which sometimes we forget because it just seems to be one thing after the other. Um, what we were originally seeing, so going back to the, the bushfires that came off that, what a lot of our young people were presenting with um, was more concerns around their parents. So they were seeing the stress that it was taking on the family um, and they were then sort of feeling stressed. Well, how can, they, like, how can they help their parents? So the initial thought that we were seeing coming through wasn't so much about um, the concerns around their mental health, it was more around vice, how, how they could help their parents and, and that sort of thing. As, as time went on, we were just sort of starting to see uh, young people, I suppose, come out of that a little bit and, and realise that things are going to be okay in the family and then the attention was sort of turning back on themselves. And, um, and then, yeah, we got hit with the pandemic, so um, focus changed again. Um, uh, the, the pandemic was look different for everybody. Um, for some people, it was really great. For some people, it just gave them um, that opportunity to pause that they needed. Um, for some young people, it was quite the opposite and they were now stuck in an environment um, that wasn't helpful for them um, and their, their safe place, for, for want of a better word, school and those sorts of things was no longer an option. So it was the opposite for them. So um, yeah, we, we saw a whole range of different presentations, I suppose. And we're still seeing that now, young people being a little bit effective, just with the um, uncertainty seems to be the big thing they're all worried about. Uncertainty definitely seems to be a bit of a theme <laughs> in <laughs> recent years. It does, it does. Yeah. Um, so what are some ways that young people can nurture their mental health in these periods of uncertainty? So I'm thinking of, you know, in the, in the immediate 
in the immediacy of, say, the bushfires or flooding, something like that. But even that uncertainty that presents now as the pandemic unfolds. Yeah. Um, Look, we we work pretty heavily on the the four pillars at Headspace. So you've got your mental health, your physical health, drug and alcohol and provocational. So that takes in um, work, school or, or whatever it is. Um, and we always generally say you've got to focus on those four pillars. So if you think of those four pillars holding up a roof, um, you know, if, if one pillar falls down, you can kind of manage. If you lose two, your, your roof falls down, so things tend to topple over. Um, so it's a matter of keeping focus on, on all those. Um, to, to help the focus with that during the pandemic, Headspace National, um, I think, reacted really well. They uh, put a lot of work in very early to online resources and different programs and platforms that young people could engage in. Um, one of the big ones they released was the the seven healthy tips. Um, I brought my little cue to remind me about that today. But um, so it's just sort of I suppose taking notice of these seven things in your daily life um, to help keep on top of your mental health. So there's the the one they say get into life. So that's you know take five minutes to read something fun, a chapter of a book, a comic, or a magazine. Um, you know listen to some music that makes you smile. It's just a matter of getting them with, with uh, day-to-day life. Uh, the second thing is learn skills for tough times. So, you know, if something's on your mind, um, it can help to write it down, slow your breathing, take 20 deep, calming breaths. Um, three is create, create connections. So find somebody that you trust to talk about your feelings. Um, spend time with your family, playing board games or doing a puzzle. I think this one's really important. So that's that whole message and, you know, the name of your podcast, it's that, you know, speaking out loud um, and the, the Ain't Weak to Speak sort of campaign. It's just connect with somebody. It doesn't always have to be a family member. Um, friends can be great support. Um, but just talk to somebody. Um, a lot of the times we can we can build up concerns in our head that maybe aren't so big as soon as we verbalise them. It, it takes a bit of that pressure valve off, which is which is great. Um, and yeah, spending time with family, playing board games and puzzles. Look, it sounds really old fashioned and that sort of stuff, but you know, guaranteed if you get into it, it's a bit of fun um, and it's something a bit different. Um, eating well, so remember to stay on top of that. And that doesn't mean that you know you have to go over the top. I think um, you know, conversation we had we had off air before about um, the positive and negative and the swing between those. It, it doesn't have to be a hundred percent or a zero percent type sort of thing. So just make a couple of changes. Um, you know, put a few extra veggies in, some fruit, drink a bit more water than you normally would. You haven't got to go over the top, but just just little changes can make a huge difference. Staying active, that was a tricky one during COVID um, with restrictions not going out, but uh, body weight exercises in bedrooms became pretty popular, you know, squats and running on the spot or, um, you know, if you're lucky enough to, to have a, a Nintendo or an Xbox, you've got, you know, dance games you can play, those sorts of things. Have a bit of fun with it. Uh, once again, it hasn't got to be serious, just, just keep moving. Getting enough sleep, uh, that's another really important one. So a lot of um, <clears throat> young people initially will report um, unhealthy, what we call unhealthy sleeping habits. So they'll, they'll stay awake wondering about things. That's where we might implement some breathing exercises or some visual exercises to help calm them down a little bit and, um, and just try to get that sleep because sleep's uh, very important in, in keeping your body up and running. Um, and consistent if you can. So, so try keep the you know the time you wake up and the time you go to bed within an hour of each other each night, so your body gets into that rhythm. Um, I think it's such a, a big thing we focus on with babies. It's you know everyone says about getting into a nighttime routine. Well, I'm 43 and I still love my nighttime routine. It's great. Um, and the other one for um, some of the older older kids as well, or is, is you know cutting back on alcohol and other drugs. So. 
that's um you know at home during the pandemic i think there were some definitely increases in some unhealthy behaviors um because we weren't allowed out and that so it's just take stock of these things and, and cut back where you can um and have the conversation around it so um so yeah that's the the seven healthy tips at headspace released during during covid um and there were lots of other programs around that as well at the time those seven healthy tips sound really quite valuable actually they are yeah it's um like i said when you break them down and 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 just make little changes in each of them um and over a couple of weeks you can you can definitely notice a bit of a, a change noticing the difference mm, for sure now, the stresses that people experience in terms of natural disasters like the bushfires or, or flooding, these stresses don't simply go away when the fires are out or, or when the dams have filled up after the drought or, or even when the floodwaters subside. Recovery takes place over a longer period of time and we talk about a recovery journey that we go on. What sorts of issues might show up for young people in the months and even the years after a disaster or a crisis? What do we need to be looking out for? Um, Look, that's a a tricky one. I think a lot of it does relate back to some of those healthy tips and particularly number three, that creating connections um, during more the, the pandemic um, some of those connections were, were difficult to make for young people. So I think down the track, uh, we really need to be mindful that we are connecting with people and, and not isolating ourselves from things because that's a habit we can very quickly um, fall into once the, the bad term floodgates are open and you can leave the house and go out and do things. Um, you know, we, we found a lot of people weren't because they got in the habit of staying at home. So I think that's going to be... Um, a, a bit of a stressor that we're going to have to be mindful of uh, and not just with young people, with all the people in our community for, for the years sort of coming down. Um, uncertainty is an, another big one. And obviously that's a bit of a catchphrase at the moment. But, um, you know, like you said, you go back uh, 18 months from now and we're in a drought and where we're sitting now was brown and crusty and now it's this beautiful lush green grass. So appreciating what we've got now, but, but being mindful of where we were um, and what can we put in place um, I suppose to be prepared for that if, if it happens again because there is that uncertainty and it's a matter of being okay with that but having things in place to help guide you through it. I think they're probably two of the the big things that are going to stick with a lot of us for a long time. Um, but if we flip it and look at the positive side of that, you know, we're, we're learning these skills now to adapt. So, you know, how, how great are we now that adapting? Yeah, what's going to be next? We've had fire, we've had floods, we've had pandemics, whatever comes next. We're going to try to learn to adapt and, 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 and deal with it. So it's a skill that's coming out of it as well. So I suppose it's, it's how we look at it um, and, and reframing um, how we look at these things that, that are going to be sticking with all of us for, for quite a while. And it sounds like reframing and looking at what skills we're developing could potentially be a really important part of our recovery as individuals, but also as a community. No, definitely. I think reframing is something we, we try to focus on quite a lot at, at Headspace and, you know, recognising the the good things that we have in life as well because there's always going to be those challenges that come along, um, but recognising the good things that we have um, and how we can adapt to deal with those challenges and, you know, the next time it happens it might not be so bad. So speaking of challenges, I'm curious, Trav, does stress show up differently for young people? compared to other age groups, younger younger people, children, as well as adults? Yeah, look, I, I looked at this, this question and I thought about it for a bit. Um, we get a mix of presentations. Um, 
in the younger people and you know from say 12 years up so that our, our younger cohort might not recognize what's going on as much as, as adults do and and that can either go to one form of the pendulum or the other so it's either they'll retreat and become very quiet uh, because they've got these feelings going on but they're, they're not too sure what it is so they sort of become quite insular or, or the other way they can get frustrated with these feelings and confused and will have outbursts of anger uh, which we see quite a lot and frustration um, I suppose so I think as you get older and we learn that that reframing um, and, and reflection and identifying is a big thing we try to teach young people. So identifying when these feelings are coming on and, and what might be causing them can help lessen our reactions a little bit. Um, I always say to young people when they come through, anger anger gets a bit of a bad rap um, as an emotion. It's not necessarily a bad emotion to have. It, it's it's what we do with it and how we handle it that can that can be problematic. So anger is actually quite helpful because it shows us that there's something going on um, and it's a cue so we try to teach young people to recognize that cue and deal with it effectively so um it's not affecting them as much so yeah i suppose to, to answer your question there the younger people we definitely do see one extreme to the other because they haven't quite got the attune to, to dealing with, with that emotion yet what are some things that young people can do to build up their inner strength and their resilience so that they can better manage the unexpected difficulties in life, those things that maybe we don't expect to happen, but they do happen, like bushfires, floods and and drought. What can young people do to protect their mental health into the future? Um, look, it, it relates back to those those seven tips again. So looking after the, the, the basic things, so eating well, sleeping well and those sorts of things. But I think one of the biggest um, area that, that needs the focus is, is being connected, you know, keeping those connections open. Like I said, whether that's with family or a friend, um, you know, be involved in your community, whatever community that is, um, and, and have somebody that you can talk to if these things come up. Headspace have uh, a lot of resources now online, so recognising that the digital platform um, is is so interactive with, with young people now. So we have, you know, areas you can identify if you're having troubles around um, school stress, anxiety, or depression. There's there's groups run regularly through um, e Headspace, which is a, a program I'll go into later. But you can talk to other young people Australia wide on a regular basis via Zoom. It's moderated by a professional. Um, through Headspace National, but it's an opportunity to, to connect um, so that online community is, is just as important. So, yeah, look, keeping those connections alive is, is really important um, to build that resiliency. I'm conscious of the fact that we often are aware that young people might be carrying some specific stresses simply by the fact that they're growing quickly they're developing quickly. They're somewhere between childhood and adulthood. So apart from drought, bushfires, flooding and COVID, which are some of those big overarching stresses, and and we lay that on top of what a young person might already be feeling stressed about, I'm thinking that it might be easy for a young person to be in that space of overwhelm. Mm-hmm. being overwhelmed by all of it. What advice could you give to a young person who might be feeling overwhelmed? Um, definitely, you know, speak out, which is the message, like I said before, of your, of your podcast and, and with everything. Uh, reach out to somebody, have a talk. Um, you know, if you are thinking all these things in your head, quite often it ruminates. Um, the problem becomes really, really big. And just having a conversation lets that pressure valve off 
Um, the problem doesn't go away, but it generally puts you in a, in a better headspace to then deal with that that problem, um, as opposed to going to a natural reaction of being overwhelmed and, and and giving up or giving in or just getting anxious and angry about it. Um, just having some space between you and that problem, which can happen via a conversation, allows you to look at it differently and maybe come up with some more positive solutions. Um, I would also say, look, a lot of young people, I think, and, and like you said, take out all these natural disasters that we've had in the pandemic, have so much that they can get overwhelmed about already. Um, you know, the, the, the pressures to know what you want to do so young these days. Um, the availability of, of courses and resources and careers and opportunities is fantastic. But the flip side to that is there's a lot of pressure, a lot younger to know what you want to do in life now. And I think that can be very overwhelming and confusing for young people. So uh, my advice there would be step back, have a look at the big picture. Um, don't forget to have fun and, and don't lose sight of the fact that you are still a young person and you've got all these experiences going on. Um, and yeah, just, just, just step back and, and, and try to look at the big picture of things. Things are generally better uh, when shared with others. Trav, you spoke a few minutes ago about the four pillars of health that Headspace works with young people. And I often talk about the foundations of mental health, which is a very similar thing, but um, kind of give it some different labels. Um, I talk about good sleep and nutrition, moving our bodies, whether that's through general physical movement, but also exercise. And then there's those inner skills, our mind skills or our mental fitness. What are some practical things that young people can do to optimise their mental health so that when stressful events take place, they're more resilient and they're able to better manage those stresses? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Reframing, like we spoke about before, I think is a is a great skill to work on and to have. So, um, you know, as, as human beings, we're very good at thinking negative, uh, but we need to sort of flip that to make it think positive. Yeah, not, not, not to put too heavy expectations on yourself. So, so think positively and just be okay with, with what you're doing. It, it's great to have goals and to work towards the goals, um, but it's setting realistic goals um, and realistic outcomes. You can set yourself up quite easily to fail um, and to not feel good about yourself if your, your goals are, are too high. So, sort of, you know, start small and work yourself up. I think that's one of the biggest skills we can work on. It's just um, retraining our brain um, to think in a more positive light. Uh, and it doesn't always have to be what we're seeing on, on social media or on the news or those sorts of things. You know, just, just being okay is good. Um, instead of, you know, shooting for the stars is a, is a great saying, but, you know, sometimes just being in the clouds is good too. So, You've alluded to some of the mental health warning signs. I'm just wondering if you can clarify what are specifically, what are some of those mental health warning signs that we should look out for if we're a young person ourselves or if we know of a young person and we might have some concerns for them? Yeah, so look, it's always harder to notice when they're happening to yourself as opposed to happening to a friend. Um, but I'll start with, you know, looking looking at a friend. So yeah, if your friend is disengaging, not coming out as much as they used to, um, not being as active online or, or talking as much as they used to, that can be a sign that something is going on for them because they're, they're retreating a little bit. Um, going off your food can be a big one as well. Um, sometimes that, that internal swell of anxiety can, you know, put your tummy in knots and, and not make us hungry. Um, you need that f- food to keep going and sometimes by the time you realise that you're not eating, you're already in that spiral, so that can be tricky. Difficulty sleeping 
Um, all the areas that you've, you've mentioned, the physical things, they're, they're the biggest signs, but I think the biggest one is definitely um, disengaging, you know, coming away from your social group. We're, we're social people, we're social beings. So deliberately pulling away from uh, a close network that we already had is, uh, is a pretty strong indicator that something might be wrong. Um, and it doesn't have to be a huge thing. I really want to sort of stress that point as well. Another analogy there is we say to young people, you know, if you, if you buy a brand new car, you take it back to get service six months later. You know, nothing's gone wrong in six months. It's just to have a bit of a look at it to make sure that it's okay. We don't wait until the car's blowing smoke or the wheels have fallen off before we take it to the mechanic. So mental health is exactly the same thing. Um, recognizing some of those things we just spoke about. So going off your food withdrawing is a sign. That's when you need to talk to somebody, go see your GP, put things in place. Um, and that's what we call those pre- preventions, so preventative factors, um, recognizing things early um, and hopefully, you know, getting things in place to, to pull you out of that rut so things don't slide further down the continuum. Um, if they do, there, there's help down there as well, but it's that early identification um, that, that's really important. If somebody is listening into this conversation, this podcast episode right now, maybe a parent or a teacher or a friend of a young person, and they're concerned about that young person's mental health and well-being, perhaps they've noticed that that young person has been withdrawing from social interaction, for example, what can they do about that? Um, so couple of different things there, depending on your relationship with the young person and then the rapport that you've got. If you've got a pretty good rapport with them, um, you know, don't don't make a big deal of it, but it never hurts to ask the question, you know, hey, how's everything going? Notice you haven't been, you know, uh, going out to play as much as lunchtime or, or something like that and start the conversation. The other thing, if, if you're not too sure, and look, it, it's always hard from a, a parent's point of view because we always want the best for our kids and um, it, it can get really overwhelming. Um one of the resources I, I sort of alluded to before, so uh, headspace.org.au, there's a, a, a new resource on there where it asks you to create an account. So that's not just for young people, that's for parents as well. Um, and we've been using this quite a lot lately and it's been really helpful and the feedback's been been really good. So if parents are concerned, I'm not too sure, they can jump on the website, create their own account. Uh, what it will do is ask you a bunch of questions, so what your concerns are, um, and it will then tailor all the resources on the Headspace webpage to suit your specific concerns. So in your account, if you're concerned about um, anxiety, depression, self-harm, those sorts of things, it'll tailor those resources. So it'll give you um, information packs, cards that we call, um, and the workshops I was talking about before, they're for parents as well. So if you identify you've got a concern about your young person self-harming, if there's going to be a workshop on that, you'll get sent an email and alert and say, hey, um, this is happening next Tuesday, 6 p.m. You know, Australian Eastern Standard Time. You can log on. There'll be parents Australia-wide uh, with a professional to have that, that conversation, that safe conversation. Um, and like I said before, keeping things in your head can make them sometimes bigger than what they are. It helps us to take that valve off. That works for parents too. So even just sitting in those rooms and listening that there's other parents going through the same concerns, you, you can pick up some really great tips. So that's the Headspace website and we'll include that in the handout that will be available that goes along with this um, Mm. episode. Yeah, so terrific. So apart from the Headspace website, is there anywhere else that you'd recommend people going for more information if they'd like to know a little bit more about youth mental health? 
Um, look, Beyond Blue is always a good resource. Um, with, with anything now, Dr. Google, the, uh, Dr. Google, sorry, there's a, a plethora of information out there and you can sometimes get overwhelmed with it all. Um, but Beyond Blue has got some great resources. Like I said, Headspace has got some great resources. Uh, even the Queensland government health pages have got some, some great stuff there as well. I forgot to mention before, if you've got particular concerns about um, you know, your, your children or something's happening at school and you're not too sure, get in, get in touch with the school. Um, a lot of the times we, the thing lacking between uh, the care of a young person is positive communication between the parents and the school. You know, schools have got your young people for majority of the week, um, so they need to be involved in that care. It's, it's the whole, you know, takes a village mentality. Um, work, work with the schools, work with the resources they've got, guidance officers, school counsellors, chaplains, whatever your school's got. Um, but, but I'd encourage in, engaging with them and having a conversation as well. Um, so great local resources are always really valuable. Headspace has a range of services that they can support young people with. So you tend to see quite a few different young people coming through the Headspace service right across the region. I'm wondering, Trav, if you'd be able to share a story or a a typical scenario, there might not be a typical scenario, about a young person who may have come through the Headspace service who has successfully learned and implemented some mental health skills that's been really valuable for them. Yeah, look, it's, it's a bit of a tricky one because um, success can be measured on so many levels. Um, you know, I've seen, so I was a care coordinator at Headspace for four years before I became the manager. So I did a lot of the, the intake and working one-on-one with young people. So I got to see a lot of positive stories there. Um, so I've been with, with Headspace for eight years now, and one of the great things about that is the young people that I, I saw as a care coordinator four years ago, I now see around the community and, and see them thriving and doing well. And it's just a, I don't know, it's a really good feeling to, to know that you've, you've seen that young person possibly at their worst when you first met them, um, and you've seen them in the community now just thriving, um, some of families of their own. So that that's really positive to see. Some of the small, or not smaller ones, but some of the, the more recent ones, I think, um, I said between COVID, uh, there were definitely a lot of young people where it was a really timely break from school. Um, So I I know of a few young people we worked with closely there. And and during that time at home, we could give really more intensified um, strategies around working with some of the difficulties they had at school. Uh, And when they went back to school, they implemented those strategies, engaged well, and, and are still at school. Whereas, you know, when we first met them, they were definitely thinking of walking out the door. Well, they were walking out the door most days, um, but now they're still engaged. Um, the, the the courage I've seen from some of the young people that I've worked with has just been fantastic too. Um, like without going into to too much detail, I had a, a client years ago when I first started. Um, very complex. Uh, we had lots of uh, different appointments with psychologists, psychiatrists, GPs, everybody just couldn't get to the bottom of, of what was going on and uh, the commitment that this young person had for their care. Uh, if, if something didn't work, they would shake it off and say, right, Trevor, what do we try next? Um, and through their tenacity to do that, I suppose, and, and courage, it took us a while. We ended up getting um, the appropriate help for them um, with a professional down in Brisbane um, who identified it straight away once we knew what we were working with the care plan was put in place strategies were put in place um that young person has now left the area here but is now working in the industry so went back to university they've got their degree and now they're working in the industry helping other people so from someone when i first met them couldn't leave the house 
um, physically to now working um, within the industry, helping out other young people in the situation that they've ruined themselves, you know, seven years ago. Um, that That's always one that really sticks into my mind. That's a wonderful story. And I really like the theme of unstoppability there, that mm. if something doesn't work once, try something else. And if that doesn't work, try something else. Yep. Keep looking, keep asking. Yeah. And that's the big message, I think. You know, a lot of the time, it's not going to work first go. Um, and, and in particular, that's what I do like about the Headspace model. So for young people that come through, yes, they see the, the, the counsellors, but they have that care coordinator in the background um, as their support. So if things aren't working, the care coordinator can sit down and go, oh, that's not working, Let, let's try plan B. And sometimes that could be the counsellor, you know. Um, it's about connection. You're not going to get on with everybody. It doesn't mean that the counsellor isn't, isn't good or, or you think they're a bad person. It's just that the connection's not there, it's not there. And the care coordinator can help facilitate that. So sometimes it can take two or three goes. Um, but having the care coordinator there to, I suppose, hold you through um, that process is, is really valuable because, like you said, it might take one, two, three or four goes. But when you get that right connection, yeah, things can happen quickly. Progress is made. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This might be a good time to ask you, Trav, about how a young person might be referred or to refer themselves to Headspace. What process yeah, do sure. people need to follow there? Um, so, look, we take referrals from everywhere. Um, so you can self-refer. Um, you can walk in off the street and, and see Gay at the front counter and say you'd like to make an appointment and she can give you all the, the information you need there. You can give us a call, talk over the phone. Um, a GP can refer, schools can refer, parents can refer. Um, on the headspace.org.au uh, website, you'll just search for Warwick and find us and there's a community referral form there. So if you are from a school or a different agency, you can just jump online and download that form, fill it out and send it through to us and we'll, we'll get in contact with the young person. Um, Headspace has what we call a, a no wrong door policy. So there, there's, there's no right or wrong way to enter the system. That sounds fabulous. Trav, is there anything else that you'd like to share about youth mental health with our listeners that we haven't covered in our conversation today? Um, look, I, I don't think so. I think just that, just that theme about, um, which seems to be the, the word, that the reframing, don't overthink it, you know, um, it's, it's okay. Uh, that's not to normalise everyone's, everyone's trouble, but, you know, help is out there. Um, don't be scared to ask for it because everyone goes through this. Um, I think one of the big successes we've had not just headspace, but mental health in general over the last few years really is, is normalising um, that you know, anxiety is a real thing for a lot of people. Um, depression is a real thing for a lot of people, but it doesn't have to be the end of the road for a lot of people too. You, know, you can work through it and, and still reach those goals and have those successes that you wanted to. Um, just, yeah, don't, don't be afraid to speak out. It's like the analogies I had before about the car, the other one's physical health. You know, if you've, if you've got a cold or a flu... You, you go to your doctor, you get well, you move on, you might not go back to that doctor for another three years. Mental health's the same. Just just come in for a checkup. Um, we love seeing our young people, but we love seeing them go as well. If they come back three or four years down the track, well, that's great. Um, but sometimes that, that's all it can be. And as we finish up our conversation, what are your top three takeaways or your top three tips for young people to look after their mental health? Um, I think the, the current theme... For me, going through this, one is definitely, like I said, speak out. Don't be afraid to have the conversation. Um, second one is just try keep active. Um, doesn't mean you have to do big full workouts, but just just move your body once a day if you can. Go for a little bit of a walk. 
get out in nature, um, take, take somebody with you. Um, and the third one is be kind to yourself. You know, we're, we're very good at beating ourselves up. So uh, recognize that the good things that you've done and the good qualities that you have. And, and yeah, you know, just be kind. Try to say something nice about yourself each day. You've been listening to Speak Out Loud, stories of strength from the Southern Downs, a community podcast supporting the mental health recovery journey of the people in the Southern Downs region in southern Queensland following the bushfires of 2019 and 2020. If you go to the show notes for this episode, you'll find a link to a handout which includes a summary of the episode with the top three takeaways or tips, as well as the services and the resources that we referred to. The handout is free for you to read, download and print if you wish to. You can also find this podcast, the show notes and the handouts by going to www.catherinewalton.com. That's www.kathrynwalton.com.au. If you found benefit in this episode, I'd love it if you could let your friends know about it so we can share this valuable health and wellbeing information with everyone who can benefit from it. 